0: tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you've stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review about your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by giving online at believerschurch.tv. And, of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We're located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Okay, listen, I owe everybody in here an apology, and I'll I'll tell you why. Whenever I came off of the stage, I forgot to turn my mic off. And so whatever some of you might have heard during the first quarter of that song— I just want to apologize. One of my bucket list items has been to sing with Tyler, so I can now mark that off. But I, I've, I've been beside Beth before in worship, and she has accused me of quenching the spirit and of ruining the experience because of my voice. So we can't all, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or if you've ever been very close to pastors in, in worship, but they like to sing really loud because they're worshipful, and they almost always sound horrible. That's just, that's just my experience. I don't know if you've had that experience yourself. But anyway, in the book, Abba's Child by Brennan Manning, if you haven't read that book, I noticed last week I saw Rob, and maybe this was uh, Daryl's influence, had a copy of a ragamuffin gospel by Brennan Manning, which is even better. But Brennan Manning's book, Abba's Child, he shares a story of a woman inviting him over to pray with her father, who is dying of cancer. As Brennan enters the room, he notices an empty chair in the room, assuming that that empty chair is for him. Turns out that the man didn't even know that he was coming. So he sits down, he starts to talk to the man, he asks him about the chair, and the man says, You know, Father, I've always had a very, very hard time praying. It's never really made sense to me. So what I did about four years ago is I just took this chair put it in my room beside the bed, and I started to talk to Jesus on a regular basis as if he was in the room with me. Father Manning uh, prayed with the man. He anoints him with oil, and then he leaves. Two days later, the daughter contacted Brennan, letting him know that her father had passed away. He asked if the father passed in peace. And the woman said, Yes, but there was one strange detail Even kind of weird, she noted. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over and rested his head on a chair beside the bed. And that was how he was found. There are a, a number of ways that we can communicate with God, and there are a number of ways that God communicates with us. Sometimes I communicate with God through words. Often those words are a lot of complaining or give me this, give me that instead of the gratitude that I should often be expressing. Sometimes I communicate with tears. Sometimes I communicate out in nature. Sometimes I communicate through silence and solitude. And that has been the case uh, more and more as I get older. And he also, as I've said, has multiple ways uh, of communicating with us. We're in part 7 of a series titled, Out of Egypt, and we're actually getting to the meat of the story. All right, the meat of the story uh, today, Israel is finally being directed into the wilderness. So the actual journey that we've been talking about for the last six weeks actually starts today. So the question that we have here is, what have Moses and Aaron actually learned? What is this process and the things that they have had to go through, which has been a lot at this time, what is it that they have learned through their experiences? To recall recall a quote from part one, and I think a lot of you enjoyed this quote by Dan Allender, the desert shatters the soul's arrogance and leaves the body and soul crying out in thirst and hunger. In the desert, we trust God or we die. At this stage, Moses and Aaron are still alive spiritually. So they have found a way despite the difficulty that they've been through. And I can promise you, there's been a lot of it. They have not only found a way to survive, but they have found a way to thrive. And now the journey is actually beginning. A common theme in this series has been the faithfulness and the promises of God that we were just singing about. You guys have heard me say that constantly. But another huge theme that I didn't intend, it's just kind of something that the Holy Spirit has done that's kind of coming up in our midst that I'm continuing to pay attention to, is this, this analogy or this metaphor, this motif of us being led on a path. Have you noticed that? First, it started with Moses being led on a path, and now we're actually getting into Israel being led on a path, and this is the path through the wilderness. But this is also through at least a couple of these messages, if not more, showed an expression of life. And I think at my age now, the, the metaphor that probably works the best for me, that I relate to the most in my spiritual life, is this idea of a path. I am on a journey. I am being led in a particular direction that I have absolutely no control over whatsoever. All right, so this is where we are today. So, Exodus chapter 13 is where we're going to be. The reading for this week was Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to look at just a few verses. In fact, I think this is the least amount of scripture. initially as far as the primary text that we've looked at throughout the whole series because we've had 8 verses, 12 verses, 13 verses. We're going to look at 5 verses that are absolutely critical and it's the pillars of cloud and fire that are actually going to be leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. All right, So this is what the text says. We're going to start in verse 17. So we're in Exodus chapter 13 and we're going to start reading in verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go... Yes, it's finally happened. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. How many times in our lives has God given us the difficult route, the complicated route, the route that is going to bring about the most internal or external struggle for us? For God thought if people face war, this is the reason, they may change their minds and they may return to Egypt. They may go back. If things are too smooth, if things go the way that they anticipate, the most I'm going to get at the end of the day is a pat on the back, thank you, God. And then they're going to kind of continue to go and do their own thing, which is a human characteristic that we have. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. "...the Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt prepared for battle. And Moses took with him..." Oh, this is, this is so beautiful right here. We'll get to it later. "...he took with him the bones of Joseph, who's, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, "...God will surely take notice of you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here." That'll make sense later. "...they set out for Sukkoth and camped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness." The Lord went out in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they may be able to travel during the day and also at night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So what we're talking about today is this idea of being led. And I promise you, this morning, that in your life you are being led right now. You are either being led by God or you are leading yourself. There is no middle ground. There is no, I'm holding God's hand some of the time, or I'm loosely holding God's hand while I still do my own thing. Even a lot of people think that because they may go to church or because they try to live good lives, they try to be good to other people, that they are being led on that path when, in fact, they are not being led on that path. So I want, what I want to talk about today is, are uh, three different uh, things that we need to see that happen on this journey that are also similar to our journey as well. So what I'm doing today is I'm challenging you, and I'll go ahead and give you a question that I'm going to ask you toward the end. And that question is this, who is leading you? Who is leading your life? Now, some of you are immediately going to say, well, it's God that is leading my life. I'm here, aren't I? I'm watching online. I'm paying attention when there are other things that I could be doing. On my Tuesday commute, I'm listening to this podcast, obviously I'm being led by God, but we're going to get a little bit deeper and see what this looks like. And for those of you who are on this journey, these things that I'm going to tell you are already going to be familiar. For those of you that are very early on this journey, and I do believe that we have some people in our church right now that are very early on this journey, this is sort of to let you know what's coming. And for those of you that are not on this journey and you have to recognize that, we could look at this as a presentation or a challenge for you today. So three things that, you, that we can definitely say about the journey out of Egypt and three things that we can say about our journey today. This is the first. God is leading at all times. All right, God is leading at all times. You never have to doubt that, even though you're going to from time to time. God is leading at all times. Number two, the journey will be difficult. All right? The journey will be difficult. And then number three, the journey will be soaked in promise. All right? God is leading at all times. It is not going to be easy. In fact, I don't think some of you even recognize or understand the kind of suffering that you are actually going to undergo if you are truly on this journey. But also, going back to a theme that we've talked about a lot and will continue to talk about today, the journey will be soaked in promise. So, number one and number three really help the reality of number two, that it's going to be very difficult. So, if you can convince yourself, and this has to go so far and above emotions, that God is, in fact, leading at all times, and that you can trust in the promises of God at all times, this difficulty that at times is going to seem to never end, and let's be honest, it's manifested in different ways for all of us, is going to make the journey better. All right? So listen, this is the first one. God is leading at all times. This is what our passage tells us in verses 21 and 22 the Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they might travel by day and night. God gives us the ability to travel on the mountaintop and in the valley. That's what the the cloud of fire is for. It's for darkness. It's for nighttime. It's for when things are difficult. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people earlier we noted that we communicate with god in a variety of ways and god create god communicates with us in a variety of ways as well in our passage today the leading out of egypt is through cloud and through fire You may never have the direct experience in your life of cloud and fire, so to speak, but this is the way the leading happens at this time. It will be imperative that you learn to trust this leading because there are a couple things that I can promise you, and this really, really needs to be taken in by some of you today. Number one, when you try to lead yourself, as some of you are right now, you will fail miserably you will fail miserably. Some of you that are chasing your career, and that's the only thing that matters, whenever I get to this level of income, whenever I have this much money, everything's going to be okay. Whenever my wife and I are able to do this with our lives, this with our free time, that's when it's going to be settled and everything's okay. When you are unwilling to deal with the sin in your life, but try to combine or bring God into that, you are going to fail miserably. So what I'm telling you is is this right now. If there is a career, a level of money that you're making, a person that you're in a relationship with, some lifestyle decisions that you are making that are not on the path in which you are being led by God, you may feel really, really good confident and strong right now, but this path is going to fail miserably and you are not even the only person that's going to pay for it. Other people around you are going to pay for it as well because that is the way that sin works. Sin is not simply about the individual, it is also a generational concept. So whenever you try to lead yourself, this is a warning, I'm just telling some of you in here right now, because the decisions that you're making, the relationships that you're holding on to, the things that are important to you, they are sinking, they are going down, and they will be nothing but ash because you are building on sand, all right? And then number two, when you try to lead yourself, and this is the unfortunate part, you will miss the best of what God has for your life. You are going to miss that. There is no question about that. You may say, well, I don't want the best of what God, what I have. You will fail miserably, going back to number one. So being led by God begins with a posture that is necessary, and it is surrendering the control that you have in your life. You see, this was very difficult for the children of Israel, because what we're going to see I don't think next week, but the week after that, is they are going to want to go back to slavery. They are going to want the life that they used to have. They are going to complain because of the complexity and the difficulty of what surrender actually brings. And this is what part two is, that the journey is going to be difficult. It's there. It's present. And you're going to notice that and recognize that as something in your life. Also, I've experienced this. Some of you have experienced this. There are consequences when you are led by God and you try to take control back. Some of you, I'm talking about church leaders, I'm talking about pastors, I'm talking about people that are that are authentically trying to follow Jesus, are on this journey, and then they try to take things back and they sense and feel the consequences. It's something else that I can promise you. Heads are nodding for a reason. Some of you in here know, I didn't like that direction God wanted to take us. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to make those decisions. And then you realize that you've been set back into one of those, what we talked about last week, wake-up calls that God has to bring. All right, so this is the posture that we look at, and this is the question that I think we really have to ask. Am I ready to become my authentic self, the self that I was actually made to be. You see, some of you may look at your jobs and you may think, and this is probably true, I'm really, really good at that. Or some of you may look at your ability and your relationships with other people and how you're able to get along with people so well and do the things that you do and say, I'm really, really good at that. Some of you are able to do things that I can't even begin to imagine, and you've been successful doing those things. But here's a question that I want you to think about. What if those things and those abilities and those talents were never supposed to be yours to begin with? What if that relationship that you're in that you've convinced yourself is true love? What if that friendship or these friendships that you have with people that are continuing to pull you down, that to you feel wonderful in a lot of ways, what if they were never intended to be there to begin with? What instead of it being a gift, what if it's actually a trap? What if instead this being a blessing as you thank God for it, it's actually really a distraction that's pulling you further and further away? You see, I have this belief about the spiritual life I have this belief about this journey that whenever we take it, whenever we begin it, we sacrifice or give up the ability to make decisions for ourselves that we feel would better our lives. And we are surrendering completely to something else. Attempts to lead ourselves always results in living, living into this false self. It's a life that is surrounded by a series of emotions and a collection of things that were never even intended to be ours to begin with. Remember, when you enter the wilderness, you trust God or you die. And you know what? Death doesn't always look miserable. In fact, there are happy seasons of death. But some of you are in here right now, and you are breathing, and you feel good, And you're happy about everything that's going on around you. And you don't even recognize the spiritual death that you're walking into every single day. All right. so also notice, and we've hit on this a little bit, but the journey will be difficult. That's the second thing that I want you to recognize. And when I say difficult, I mean difficult. I mean like really, 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 really hard. Because I also believe... That there are individuals that are in this room right now and listening online that are suffering. And I don't use the word suffering lightly. All right? That's one word that I do not use lightly. Verses 17 and 18 When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although this was nearer. excuse me, for God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. That's the divine foreknowledge that God has. So God led the people by the roundabout. God ever led you around the roundabout? You ever been in a situation in your life where you've questioned the very existence of God because you feel so miserable? Have you been in a situation where you're like, I'm not even going back to church, I'm giving up, God has let me down. This never should have happened in my life. I should have never lost that person. This should have never occurred whatsoever. And you don't recognize that what you consider a curse is one of your greatest blessings. But it doesn't feel that way at all. When you feel like you can't get out of bed. It doesn't feel that way at all when you really miss old friendships and people that were in your life. It doesn't feel that way when all of a sudden your body is weaker because of this diagnosis that the doctor has just given you. It's difficult. That roundabout into the wilderness is a very, very real thing toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up to the land of Egypt and prepared for battle. So there is a lot of disobedience on this journey. All right, there's a lot of disobedience on this journey. There's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of arguing. And like I said, some, some of them are going to ask to go back into slavery. We don't look at this a lot of times, but what it should have taken a month to reach the promised land took 40 years. I'm not a mathematician. But Rich, I don't need your help on this one, okay? There's a big difference in 30 days In 40 years, we're talking about incredible difficulty that people have to go through. So what does this difficulty look like? Fear and anxiety that some of you are experiencing right now that for whatever reason just will not go away. Great loss. Did you know there are some people who feel like they need to trade in that new truck because it's against, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with owning a new car, but they have to trade in that new truck because the kingdom ethics they now realize they have to live by It's just too expensive and it's too much debt. And God is saying, you need to get rid of this stuff that's not going to last. That's great loss. When people have to quit jobs sometimes because of the, the ethics or what they have to do may involve some level of dishonesty and they know that they can't be within the kingdom of God whenever they have to give up these things that they care about so much vacations free time with friends i'm not going to get on a pity party soapbox right uh, pity party pity party soapbox right now but i can tell you that in ministry over 90% of the things that i thought i was going to get to do with my life i've had to sacrifice at the foot of the cross and that's just a fact It's just a fact, but I've lived at least long enough to know that what I've been given in return is so much greater than what I thought was mine, than what I thought I was supposed to have. So there's great loss. Marital problems, I'm going to promise you, as close as you are to your spouse and as much as you love them, that that if you are on this journey, the enemy is going to attack your marriage at the root, and you need to be ready. Fun stuff. Unforeseen and unexpected problems. The surprises in life. Stress. Here's a big one that's killed me. Disappointment from others. Backstabbing. Double-crossing. Hurt from people that you really care about. Risk. A lot of risk. A lot of risk when you move your family out of a home into another home, when you make the decision to downsize your life, when you make the decision to move your child to a different school, when you make the decision to take a pay cut because God is calling you to do something else. What do you think I meant when I said difficult? You go to a different buffet after church on Sunday? (laughs) Difficult. Gut-wrenching. I'm talking about dark nights of the soul. You sleep with your Bible clutched in your hands begging for dear life. That's the kind of difficulty that I'm talking about. Guilt over your own mistakes. Depression. Second guessing. Need I say more? I think you get the point. I'm talking about an extremely difficult path. But in this journey, you say yes. And then you scream at God because you have your pity party. Then you say yes and you worship. And you feel horrible about that pity party, but you're going to have another one next week. And you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And I do not mean this in a patronizing or condescending way. Please don't take it this way. But you look at other people, and you know their gifts, and you know that what God has birthed within them is so much greater than what God has birthed within you, and you see them pursuing their dreams. And see, this is the American dream. This is what we've been taught. Pursue your dreams. Take care of yourself, take care of your family. But you see, the way of the cross is the antithesis of that. It's the opposite. It's not going up and going up and going up. It's going down and going down and going down. I keep asking God, how am I making less money every year? That's not entirely true. But there's still some bitterness and frustration. Why, God, why? This is the journey. This is the difficulty. This is what it looks like. took the Israelites so long because they constantly wanted To quit. And this is the most valuable thing that I can tell you about the difficulty of this journey. If it were easy, and if it were sugar coated, and if it all worked out, God answered my prayer. Look, whoa, he answered my prayer again. God's answering so many prayers, I don't even know what to do with myself. It's just answered prayers all the time. This is a great life. You would never change. You would never walk toward God. Do you realize that in your own condition, you are a sinner? And you are going to choose, even if you sprinkle some church, even if you sprinkle it, I love Jesus, if you love him, please share. Even if you sprinkle some of those things, you are a sinner. We don't like that word anymore. But we are being called into a radical way of life And this path is extremely difficult. But most importantly, most importantly, the journey will be soaked in promise. This is what gets me out of bed at least three or four days a week. To be completely honest with you, the, the journey is soaked in promise. And one thing that we talked about at the beginning of this series as we were referencing a little bit of Genesis is that these promises, this theme of promise continues to return and promises that were made to Abraham 500 years ago, not until the exodus are we starting to see some of these promises come to fruition. And you want to know something? We get upset when God doesn't fulfill our promises within a month or, eight, or 18 months or five years, and sometimes you are not going to see it was after Joseph's lifetime. And this is one of the most beautiful, I, I love this, I mean this makes me emotional every time I read it. Genesis 50, uh, verses 24 through 25, I want you to listen to this. this. This is way back, this is hundreds of years ago. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. God will certainly take care of you and bring you out of this land to the land he promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph made Israel's son promise, when God takes care of you, you must bring my bones up out of here. He wanted his bones in the promised land. He wanted his bones at home. Look, fast forward to the present. Exodus thirteen nineteen, as Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely take notice of you. And then you must carry my bones on out from here. I see just over this long period of time these unforgotten or these forgotten bones that are in the ground. But God is so faithful that the, God, that the bones are taken into the land of milk and honey with the Israelites. I mean, he's not only, he doesn't only keep his promises He is impeccably consistent like nothing I've ever even seen before. And we question. We have the nerve to question. I just can't can't even imagine what it was like to dig those bones up, put them on your back, and carry those bones into the promised land. Your safest place will always be found in the promises of God. You may have a wonderful spouse You may have wonderful kids. Your financial situation may be extremely stable or even better. Very good. But you will never be safer than you will with the promises of God. So, the question that I have for you today as we go back to this think about this, look at your life. Who is leading? Who is leading? Who is leading your journey? Who is leading your life? Think about the decisions that you make every single day. Think about how you spend your money. Think about where your priorities are. Who is leading your life? In our opening story, the old man with cancer mentioned... That prayer can be complicated. So he learned to make it as simple as possible. He talked to the empty chair that was never really empty. Never really empty. Whenever you cry out to God, however it is that you do that, he hears you. And the prayer that I want to challenge you to pray is lead me. Lead me. I am right now reading Psalm 143. I usually read a different passage every day within Scripture. I have a plan that I follow. I can't get past Psalm 143. I keep trying, and I have to keep going back there. I think it's four days now, and I have to keep going back. Check out Psalm 143 if you get a chance, but there, are, there is a part toward the end twice where it says, teach me the path. I have to know that path. And I'm telling you that every mistake that you can possibly make is off of that path. And every promise and good thing that you will reap in your life, the reason that you are here is going to be found on that path. And do you want to know the reason that the majority of the people do not stay on this path? I'm going to give it to you. And you probably already know it. It's not because the path is soaked in promise, because that's a good thing. And it's not because God is not leading at all times because because God is leading at all times and that's a good thing. It's because the path and the Israelites saw this will cost you everything. Don't make things complicated. Follow the cloud by day. Follow the fire by night. Even if it seems that you can't seem very well, see very well because that... Uh, fire looks so, you know, you can't see very well because it doesn't seem very bright. It's there at all times. And this is something that I wrote down last night. I didn't plan on this having having this in the message. But the Spirit was speaking to me last night as I was studying. And I quickly want to address three groups of people here because I believe that you're here right now. Okay, so three groups of people that I want to address. Some of you right now that are in here right now You are confused, okay? Life is very confusing. You don't know why things are going the way that they are. You're having a very difficult time making decisions. You don't know why this happened or that happened. You're questioning God. You're very confused. So some of you are confused. Some of you in here are scared. It might be because of this virus It might be because of unpredictables in your own life right now that are making it very difficult to concentrate, making it very difficult to sleep. It could be associated with some form of mental illness. It could be associated with horrible news that a friend just gave you about something. But some of you are scared. Some of you are confused. Some of you are scared. And this one right here, some of you right now feel very alone. You feel very. Did you know that you can be married and feel very alone? Did you know that you can have tons of friends and feel very alone? And some of you in here, just quite frankly, you're isolated from other people, and that is the reason that you're alone. So some of you are confused, some of you are scared, some of you are very alone. This just broke me last night whenever I read this again. You know how you can read Scripture and not see something? And this is the beauty of this book. And then you go back and read it again the next day and you see it. Or ten years later you go back and you think, How in the world did I miss that? This is, this is verse 22, and this is what I'm going to close with. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people you're depressed you're angry you're confused God is still leading these Israelites are walking they're arguing there's a lot of private conversations eventually where's the water where's the food this was supposed to be great We're disappointed. It's not what we thought it was supposed to be. The pillar of cloud and fire never left. Maybe they didn't sense it. Maybe they didn't feel it. Did you know that sometimes despite myself with my own stupidity and mistakes, God keeps me on the right path? Because there is something that I pray almost every single day. Teach me your ways. Give me understanding. Direct my paths. Guard my heart. Guard my eyes. From Psalm 119. I pray that all of the time. The Spirit is leading. So for some of you that are confused, for some of you that are afraid, for some of you that feel very alone, please keep going. Please keep walking because I'm going to make you a promise. Somebody good-looking is going to show up. A work opportunity is going to show up. Staying out of church to do something else because you work so much to decompress, it's going to show up. And when you leave this path, It is certain death. And when you stay on this journey, you will see things unfold in your midst that you never could have imagined. You thought you were someone. Turns out God had made someone else. Father, we come to you this morning lifting you up in praise knowing the complication of the times that we live in god the uh, the political upheaval uh, the midst of this virus friends and family members that are that are not working people that are struggling god within this church within our community with a host of things that some of us just quite frankly can't understand and god i pray if it's if it's someone in here that's 15 16 years old if it's someone in here that's 80 or 90 years old, that, Father, we simply pray to remain on that path and to accept everything that comes with it. We lift you up and we pray these things in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.